Hello beautiful light beam, I'm so happy that you stumbled upon this wee podcast. Soul-led, spirit-driven is your guide, your companion on your spiritual journey. Together, let's explore past lives, life lessons, karmic cycles. Let's learn how to navigate through this earthly life. And together with my astral team, Echo, I hope to make each episode as potent and as informative as I possibly can so that you can slowly unpack all that is human till you get to that beautiful center that is your soul so you can see yourself in your true magnificence. Okay, let's begin. Hello, beautiful light beam. Welcome back to the Solid Spirit Driven Podcast. So this week, we have a special guest. I got to sit down and interview Lynn Purden, who sees energy. And she is from Vibrational Living. And it's really important for me at this time in our timeline, to introduce someone like Lynn Purden to you because I've been talking a lot about uh, manipulating energy, working with energy, but I love how Lynn sees energy and therefore puts it into words for us because I really want you to see how powerful you are, how powerful energy is, how powerful something that we don't see and therefore we often tend to dismiss as no biggie is actually really, really, really um, important in how you will navigate through this lifetime, whether you navigate high vibing and therefore attracting a lot of synchronicities, a lot of miracles into your life, a lot of opportunities in both personal and your professional life, or whether you are low vibing and therefore a lot of focus and attention is brought to the negative aspects in life, negative emotions, which then of course affects your overall experience down here on earth. It is so timely right now for us to meet Lynn Purden and learn not just about what she can do, but um, what we are able to do as well with our energy. So just in case, if you haven't met Lynn Purden yet, she, like I said, can see energy and she uses this ability to help others to remember their unique vibrational blueprint. And what's interesting is because when we are out of alignment, um, it's often because we don't remember a unique vibrational blueprint. And whether we go through the Akashic records like, you know, you would have in my sessions or, you know, have someone like Lynn attune you to your unique vibrational blueprint, it is really, really the key in how you will navigate through this earthly lifetime and what your experience will be like. So Lynn does this 
to um, help people reclaim their intended focus and live from a place of love and joy. And she does it with, you know, many areas of people's lives. So whether it's business, whether it's money specific, whether it's illnesses, and I don't I'm not even going to try and explain this process and how she does it because Lynn does a phenomenal job explaining it herself in this episode. So I hope that you can spend with us the next 30 to 40 minutes listening to this lovely soul, Lynn Purden from Vibrational Living. And if you feel called to connect with Lynn, all her links will be in the show notes. So please enjoy this episode and I will be back here for a solo episode next week to talk more on business. But for now, here's Lynn Purden from Vibrational Living. Welcome, Lynn Purden, to the Soul-Led Spirit-Driven Podcast. I am so delighted to have you here and I have given you a little bit of an introduction, but I would love for you to fill in the gaps because I'm, I'm sure it hasn't done justice to the amazing work that you do and the amazing being that you are. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's great fun to be here. And I guess my story starts right at the very beginning where um, I, ha- I was born seeing energy. I've always seen energy. People ask me, what does that look like or what does that mean? And the best description I can come up with is is flowing streams of light moving and moving individually, but then also moving together and connecting. And they're either in a lot of flow or they can be in a contorted, disconnected type way. And I spent most of my childhood watching this because my mother told me that uh, it made me evil, being able to see energy. <laughs> it was really helpful. At the, oh, I think I was about three when that happened. And so I didn't talk about it again. But what I did do was desperately try to be normal. <laughs> and so I was studying everybody else's energy. I remember doing it way, way back in kindergarten, just watching the teacher's energy, watching the, the student's energy, and trying to work out, well, how are they doing it? You know, what what is this normal thing that I obviously am not? And it made for a really, really tough childhood, and I would not recommend it for anybody. <laughs> However, <laughs> what did come from it was that I learned about how people carry energy, what they do with their energy. When they're not lined up fully in what I call their inner brilliance, which is that divine self, what are they doing with their energy? And as a child, I would actually take it on and wear it. I, it's really hard for me to describe what I did, but it's like I would see the way the energy was coordinated and I was able to mimic that and then slip inside it and then I'd wear it sometimes for weeks, sometimes for months, trying to um, mimic it, trying to, to become <laughs> this normal thing. And then I would discover that that didn't work very well, of course. And then I would try another one and then I'd try another one. And, of course, I did this right through into, oh, wow, well into my 30s. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. So 
the upside to all of this is that I have a really deep, connected understanding of what people do with their energy, what it feels like, what it looks like, and what it means. So I think that's probably that gets you from birth to where I am now. Well, with a little bit of extra here, eventually I got really, 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 really sick because there's only so long you can be wearing someone else's energy um, where you're not letting your own energy flow through and renew and rejuvenate your own body before things start to go wrong. And Western medicine had nothing left for me and I tried alternative medicine, all of which had value, but I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. So I was bedridden and really it was a choice and I knew very clearly it was a choice between claiming back or at least trying to because I didn't even know I could do it at that time um, my ability to see energy and staying true to that as it is or taking my body off and moving right back into vibration and at the time I was very calm about it and felt either choice would have been just fine but hey, I'm here now. Let's give this one a go because I can always do the other one later if this one doesn't work. Yeah. You know? And then what a I did it. I got better. And then I discovered I could help other people with it. So that's the really short version. Oh, wow. And I have like a million questions for you okay, then. Go on. <laughs> Good. Okay, let's start with when you said you can see energy the way you described it, the swirls, the patterns, um, do you see it with your human eyes, your physical eyes, or do you see it with your inner eye inside, in a screen, as we call it, like that inner seeing? I do both. Um, and I, as I have embraced it, all my other senses have come on board too. So it started with seeing it um, physically, and then I could add a whole new dimension. There aren't really enough English words to describe. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought I'd do the best I can. Yes. <laughs> so when I was talking about moving into the people's energy, I discovered I can do that with everything. So I could do it with a tree or a mountain or water or air or whatever it may be. And as I do that, then it becomes a more internal experience rather than visual external or that's probably not 100% accurate I think probably more there's a blending mm -hmm. between the two so there's not this hard and fast line between the two and then as I've been doing more and more of it then I will hear sounds that relate to the energy that I am experiencing at the time I may hear words, uh, often will get an aroma that I can then watch the energy of the aroma and that gives me messages or I can translate it. I think that's better than saying messages. Um, it's just me reading the energy and translating it into words that somebody else can understand. So, um, oh, wow. And um, yeah, sometimes I, I'll feel, I'll be, you know, physically, I can feel the touch. Um so all the senses have come on board and then I think then some others as well that we're not used to in the human form. That is amazing and such a validation because um, for me and I'm sure for um, maybe empaths as well because I, I wonder whether empathic people have this ability of picking up energy you know that maybe it sticks to them but they just don't understand it you know and obviously you have worked with it you see it you feel that you play with it right 
but they just it's almost like dirt that sticks to them and then they it drains their energy or it feels um perhaps heavy and because they're not aware of it initially perhaps um with time it feels so natural to them that they just assume this is their natural state so I'm wondering whether that fragment of what you do and are aware of doing it is happening maybe for empaths who pick up other people's energy especially because then you mentioned that um as you were trying on other people's energies putting them on like a coat you know like clothing you got ill right mm -hmm. and often empaths from my experience being one a little bit uh myself we I guess uh, if we don't understand what's happening, if we don't understand how we attract other people's energies, it wears us out. Would you say that's possibly true maybe or on the same path just to help us understand, I guess, the energy pickup that you do? I think there's a, a broader perspective to put all of this in. Excuse me, but isn't this funny? We've just sort of talking. My throat's gone. <clears throat> just clear it. <clears throat> Start again. Uh, so if we look at a broader perspective, the way that I have been able to translate what I see goes something like this. If you can imagine that before we come and put on a body, and I really like that language because it looks to me that's what we're doing, we actually put it on like we do a piece of clothing. Mm. So it's not us, it's something we actually put on. And we put it on like an astronaut, we put a suit on so that they can navigate um, the environment that they're in. So, you know, when the, when the astronaut takes their suit off, they don't suddenly become a nothing. Do you know? Right. Yeah. They, they are the, the person they were when they put it, before they put it on. Very similar thing here. So before we do put that on, we have, hmm, let's imagine that our full energetic capacity is 100 units. You know, I'm just, this is just, made up numbers for the sake of this so that hopefully it will make sense so let's just imagine we have this full 100 units of vibrational capacity and we're we're hanging around there in our full capacity and we decide we intend to put on a human coat it looks to me like we take like about a one of those units one of those vibrational units to make a human suit come to life but there's still the 99 other units that are there vibrating in their enormity, in their universal version of who you are. And so we take this one little bit and it's focused. And what happens with that, it looks to me, is that we always have that disclaimer because, you know, I can only say what I can see right now. And as I get more developed at this, I see more. So today's weather report is what I can say. I love it. That we are focusing this one one uh, vibrational unit into this to bring this body alive, but we have a very intentional focus about this. So we will intend the sort of composition of how we want that energetic blueprint to look like, and it's it's often I hear um, people will say that there is a particular purpose. We come with a particular purpose. And I sometimes think that's very narrow from what I see. I think it's more a case of we have a particular coordinated energetic 
picture, blueprint, makeup that will light up fully when we align that with the way we live. I'll give you some more examples of that in a, in a little while. So, so, and that's what I call our inner brilliance. So that if you were to line up three brand new babies, so three brand new one one unit lighting up the body side by side, we all tend to notice that there's there's something special around a brand new baby because they are still super super connected to the ninety nine other vibrational units than than maybe when we get on later and when, when we're older. So we have the three there, but we will also notice that even though they have a divine spark about them, they're all very individual, even at day one. And anybody that's had more than one child will agree that right from day one, they're very, very unique. Now, why I think that is from what I, when I watch this energy is that it's intended to be that way. We intend that unique blueprint that I call inner brilliance. Now, sadly, at least in most cultures, and I can see it changing, is that we are not encouraged to stay to, first of all, to work out what that blueprint is, to honour that blueprint and to stay with it. Instead, we tend to get told to blend in, to fit in, to do whatever the culture is saying is the right thing to do at that time in history. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen is, and you will notice, you know, from, from about the first 12 months, most young children are still very connected to their blueprint. But then it starts. And what I noticed is instead of all this lovely flow fitting in alignment with that blueprint, it starts to twist and contort and literally contort. I can feel it in my body. When I put it on, um, I, it's literally squeezing the life out of the the beautiful flow that is designed and so then what goes on is that you keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that you're literally squeezing the life out of you which of course is what I was doing hence why I got sick in terms of empaths and it's something I have had to really really learn is that when we understand this and when we can come fully into and and recognize our blueprint and line up with it and we lead with that energy. In other words, that comes first. We do that before we do anything else. Then we go out into the world. Then our energy entrains everything around us. What can happen when you're really sensitive to energy is you get entrained by everybody else around you. And by entrainment, I mean um, it's that um, capacity for a sound, for instance, to bring other sounds into the same note or if you put ticking clocks together, um, they will all start to tick in the same rhythm. There's that pull to all come into a train. Women will come into, if they're living together, often their menstrual cycles will start to entrain. That's the sort of thing. So, you know, it's like if you put someone who's really sensitive to energy out into a supermarket, for instance, where there's lots and lots of people, if you haven't consciously lined up to your inner brilliance, and made that clarity and staying there and calling it in and being there, um, you'll end up being, and I watch it, you know, there's the shopping malls and supermarkets are fantastic. 
fantastic places to watch energy to you if everybody wants to because you can just see all, everyone's energy and who's holding their own and who's being swayed um so that's a very long answer does oh that my oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh okay I was smiling through the whole thing which if you're listening to this on a podcast you would have missed it but I was smiling because my listeners will know I always um when I try to describe the soul and you call it in a brilliance I call it your magnificence right <laughs> this is why I smile because it's like we do different works um but the words you're using resonated with me so much which I told you before we started recording then so many times things happen you're like hmm am I going, am I losing my marbles here? Like, and I don't read books and learn how to do this or that. But when I hear someone say something or describe it in the same way or similar way or use words like that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am not going crazy. <laughs> so the way I was, I was asking, I was going to the Akashic Records, I was like, how do I describe the significance of a soul, like what it actually is, because I feel like people seem to think it's this teeny tiny little dot seed inside us. And they've shown me literally that only 10%, so my audience will know, because I always talk about this, 10% of who you really are as a soul is in this body, is, is you. And we tend to focus so much on that, that we miss this whole 90%. So even our percentages here that you just pulled out that number were so similar because that's literally how they showed me to explain how powerful you are as a soul because I see people as souls. I don't see them in you as a human or you're, you know, or this or that. I see you as a soul and I know that there is more to you, but this is what we get to see with our physical eyes, this 10%. And that's what a lot of us, you know, we focus on, right? It's that that you said clothes, I say usually costume that we put on. And it's almost like we're like, look at my costume, look at my costume. But we forget that there's an actor, whole actor behind that character, right? So I love that you use that. And the second thing that I want to say, so everything resonated, of course. And I'm so excited because I, the more I tune in to my clear sentient um, and work with manipulating energy, uh, whether it's mediumship, whether it's reading the Akashic records, I could never go into the library then. I could never see that library. But when I let go of, I have to see it. And I started going like, okay, well, how will I receive guidance from you? How do I access it? And it was through feeling through vibrations. I started to notice that I sense it in a form of energy that I'm then interpreting. I'm still learning. I'm still very much an apprentice in learning to convey messages this way as opposed to I have to see or hear. And so I often don't have the words. No, we said that, right? Like I don't actually, I go like, there's not, I don't know the words to describe to you. Like I want to say you're magnificent, but that's not even it. Like there is so much, you know, and I, I don't know how to show you the love that you know your guides your akashic masters have for you or how they see you i just don't even have you know the words so i love that you're trying to find the right words to describe this thing that us humans we, we it doesn't even capture it right <laughs> so 
In short, you have explained it beautifully and I so understand the empathic way, the way you've explained it because I used to get annoyed at my husband. I'm like, why don't you want to go to the shops with me? And why are you being so annoying when we go to the market? And he just goes, I hate crowds. I hate the market. And then since we've discovered that he's an empath. So we're both empathic people, but we just thought, hmm, probably we're just introverts and we don't like to, you know, hang out too much with too many people. But it's actually like you feel the energy of the room. You feel things. So the examples you've used are fantastic. And I love listening to you explain how you read energy because, I mean, someone who does mediumship, to explain, okay, I talk to your loved ones that are no longer here. Simple process, right? Seemingly, we can understand it. If you talk to, you know, someone who connects to the Akashic Records, again, they can explain a process. But someone who works with energy like you do, that is much harder to explain. And you're doing an amazing job. So I want to go a little bit further into this, but then we'll talk about your work because I know that there was something that started an accident that started this way of how you do your work now um but before we go there can you tell me a little bit more about what do you mean then when you say i tune into you now you said you you wear someone's energy but in terms of like the process do you close your eyes and like let's say we were in session now would you keep your eyes closed would you be like I'm going into your chakras and you know what does that look like for you the tune in well it's always unique um and um anyone that's hung out in my world will hear that word over and over and over again <laughs> and sort of a catchphrase or become one because um it's it's the big message I have for the world is you were meant to be unique you would you focused it right from the very beginning and and then we get homogenized in our culture to that culture and at that particular time in history. Because if we go back a few years, if we go forward a few years, it's going to be different. It's all made up. You know, it's a made up story that we get talked into. We and become so, a melting pot, right? In this I'm life. Sorry? We become a melting pot of, you know, our parents' stories, our, you know, teachers. That's Absolutely. That squeezing Absolutely. out that energy, right? Yes, totally. And so when we, let me see here. So when I work with someone, I am working directly from what you would call your magnificence to magnificence, inner brilliance to inner brilliance, soul to soul, God to God, whatever it is that the word um, fits for you. And so before I before I actually see someone on Zoom, what I do is I it's really hard for me to describe how I do this, but I will ask the the client to send me just a, a couple of paragraphs of what it is, where they're at, and what it is they'd like me to look at, or what they'd like to decide upon, or if it's a health issue, what what they're you know struggling with, whatever it is, just some sort of description because I see energy in words, and so. I, I get the text and then I sit with that text and as I read it, it just things that mm, are potent for the tuning in just shimmer and jump and give me information. I can't 
don't feel I'm doing a very good job of describing you are you are because words carry frequency right yes absolutely absolutely and so I can sort of scan it and just go oh yes that and that and that and then as soon as I've done that then I get just it feels like streams of energy pouring in now sometimes that energy will be a spoken word sometimes it will be simply um patterns of light it could be um sacred geometry shapes it could be uh, a video like a videotape image it could be a sound or even a piece of music it could be images sometimes um and this has been happening the last couple of years and I just think this is so funny I'll I'll get um something to google (laughs) I just get google and then it'll be a phrase and I go and put the phrase into google and there's the picture. That's what I was seeing. And then I've got that to show the, the client. You know, so all of this is, is quite possible. So I tune in on that. And then um, also, too, the very first thing I do is make sure I'm connected into my inner brilliance. And having done this now for years and years and years and years, I can do that pretty much instantly. And I know the frequency of that. So I identify when I'm in it and I identify when I'm not in it. So I make sure that I'm in there so that I'm actually not working with someone from my personality I'm working from my soul level my inner brilliance my magnificence and from that space it's pretty easy for me to be able to then it's almost like I do a scan of the universe and then suddenly I just see this focused energy which is the correlation of the person that I'm working with and then I can it's, it's almost like I take a transparency of where they want to be. So I get the image or the the sense, the energetic picture of what the solution is or where the flow state is. That's better. Where the flow state is for them. And I can transpose that on their current situation and just see where things are out of kilter. And then I can work with them um, energetically and on a human level, to work through that and to get that. And I can tell when it's moved because I can see it. And um, and also, too, it's just beautiful. I just love, love, love this. I love. Every, I want everyone to know this, that when we do let go of one of those stories that the culture has, has um, taught us and we soften that and we allow it to drop away, there is a natural elasticity that brings us back into our alignment. And... Um, so however long it's taken to twist away from that it does not take anywhere near that time to come back because there's this natural elasticity that is in our natural state we are made to be there so the difficult thing is moving away from it it's taken years and years and years of practice and anybody that has a yearning to be or do something and they've been talked out of it will know that fight within themselves to push that down and push that down and push that down and yet it keeps coming up, keeps coming up. That's that natural elasticity. And so the great news is that it doesn't take anywhere near as long to to allow. All we have to do is let go of the tautness and then we, the elasticity brings us back in, which is just divine. And when it does, and this is the bit that just thrills me when I'm working with people, when it does, there's this lovely sound. It's a bit like, and then everything lights up. Like if you can imagine um, 
like a Christmas tree full of LED lights and it's like wow. and then it goes and then it, honestly it's like that then reverberates in waves right through the universe and I guess this is the other thing is to recognize when we do that we not only make more for ourselves possible but we actually contribute to the expansion of the universe itself and that is just ripple effect Totally thrilling. Now, again, I've got lost in that. Did that answer the question? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, oh, my gosh, in the way you explain it, then I feel like never mind even what the question is because <laughs> what you're saying is landing for for me, for us, right? Like, right. It's yeah. fantastic. And it is that ripple effect. Um, It's interesting because often when – our environment doesn't feel good. Let's say there's situations happening in our life, whether it's with family members, whether it's work situation. We immediately think, maybe because that's how we've been taught, that we have to fix the situation or control the situation. Or, you know, if everyone just does what I tell them to, everyone acts perfectly, my life will be okay. We forget that actually everything starts here with us, right? And when we change the energy here in our energy field, the ripple effect will go out and people around us will start to change. Situations will start to change. Um, opportunities will start to Floyd, have you found that with your clients that when they turn and change, things start to happen for them? Oh, absolutely, and and for myself as well. You know, when I had that um, that moment of knowing, uh, you know, either I took my body off or I tried to come back to this, and I I often say I wish I could say that I woke up the next morning and <laughs> everything was perfect, and I woke like that. It took years. <laughs> I'd love one of those dramatic, you know, moments where yeah, like, it doesn't Ooh. happen all the time, right? But it didn't work <laughs> like that. I I needed to do a lot of my letting go of the stories of you know what was possible and what wasn't possible and rewrite all of that. And of course, I'm still doing that. I don't think we ever finished that, no. that particular journey, but um, it did take years for me to to find my way back. I've forgotten the question again. I just realized what was I <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's perfect. Because I actually wanted to ask you, Lynn, yeah. if let's say a client comes to you, and I know that it's case by case depending, sure. but okay, this will be a twofold question just to make yeah. it harder. <laughs> Number one question, can do people come to you if let's say they're ill, let's say they have cancer or gallbladder problems or liver or kidney or whatever, mm -hmm. some serious stuff. And then they come to you and then working with you, that gets fixed? Is it more, for example, I have irrational fears or I have a block or I'm, I want to be successful in my business, but something's holding me back, that kind of work? And then also the second part of the question is, um, how long do they work with you generally? Because I feel like in the, maybe it's the coaching world, it feels it's become very popular to uh offer the magic pill that you know one session with me and one quick phone call or one this you know and everything will change which has never been my experience because you know I work with the Akashic Masters and stuff and they always say it's about empowering them to continue it's that whole don't give a man fish teach them how to fish right mm -hmm. so okay so the, so the answer the first part is in my world it's all energy so if you come to me and you say I've broken my thumb or I've got cancer or I've got 
um, a block in my business or um, I can't get my plants to grow, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. I just weird. see the vibration of it. I don't actually see the, 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 what we've diagnosed it to be, you know, whether we've diagnosed it or somebody else has diagnosed it. Um, it's, it's just, to me, it is pure vibration. So it really doesn't matter what you bring. I'm going to see the vibration of it. Now, to add to that, when, particularly with bodies, life is the same too, um, when we get to a point where we can actually say this thing is broken or I can't make it work, it's the last frame of the movie of the creation of that. Now, often when we look at that, we think it's the first thing. No, oh, I've got this thing, I have to fix it. And we try to fix it at that point. Now, vibrationally, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever to try and fix it at the last frame of the movie. It would make much more sense vibrationally to come to the first frame of the movie. Um, because you know, it's it's the the twisting out of that alignment and then the next twisting out of the alignment. And then what we tend to do, let me see if I can give you a real life example. Let's use money. Everyone understands that. And <laughs> let's say that um that I've been taught that I have to work really, 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 really hard and I just get by. There's never any excess. That one's quite common. So when I take on the body, part of my focus, part of my um intention is abundance because that is who we are you know it's the vibration remember we've got the one the one unit and the 99 other units that are out there absolutely and that are connected and we are so just because we take on that body we don't disconnect from that so we're as abundant as the universe is by default can't be any other way and so as young as tiny little beings we know that and then, of course, we start to get convinced that you have to work really, really, really hard and then we just get by. And then we watch the people around us who have been living that contortion for, for a long time. And what they tend to do is because they're living it and they're focused on it, they start gathering evidence that it's true. And then we have to question us, well, what is truth? And in vibrational terms, whatever we focus on is true, <laughs> you know, because that's how we drive our energy. Yeah. And so then that sort of is, so it's like it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we focus on that. So you're growing up in that and you start to see it and then you see it happening. So you get convinced it's true. You may find every now and again, there's this yearning of, but that doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more, but we down and we go along and we do this and we do this and we do this so that by the time we're in our 30s 40s 50s we have proven to ourselves over and over and over and over and over again that I have to work really 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 hard and I only just get by and so that's what I'm meaning like so when that person shows up to me and they're bankrupt that's, that's the last part of that <laughs> so let's come back and I work then with helping them to soften. And I love this analogy because, and, and you know, I, I've done this myself, where I bring that maybe high-achieving type of, like, I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to bring it out. 
going to read every book in the world about it. And I'm going to, you know, that sort of, you know, no, it's never going to happen to me again. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I've done plenty of it myself. And there's always value in everything, you know. But I know now know that that's the hard way to go around it. Instead, instead, I can actually surround all of that experience with the love of the universe, the abundance of the universe. And just, I love the notion of pulsing because the pulse, you know, we have a pulse that's keeping us going, keeping us alive in this body. And the whole universe is pulsing. When we get contorted, guess what happens? Mm. We tend. And so there's very little room for the pulsing. And so what I do is join inner brilliance to inner brilliance and then bring in a focused intention of universal energetic help as well. And we get that pulse going again so that there can be an expansion and a softening and that's where the elasticity comes so we get there and then we allow that to drop away and then the natural elasticity starts to bring us back now there's much there's other bits that happen in there too where we usually what has happened when we have uh, contorted and holding on really strongly to one of these stories there's a safety recording that goes in there too makes perfect sense on a human level that we would do that and that tends to be the one that needs the most support to feel safe letting that go and living in a state of abundance funnily enough most of us are pretty scared at living in that there's a there's a um there's not a safety recording we haven't learned safety because we've been taught out of it no it was it's our natural state but how many of us have been applauded for being in that natural state? How many of us have been uh, encouraged to stay in that? How many of us have been um, loved in that state? Often we get things like, what are you so happy about? Um, Why are you lying around? Yeah, or you're like lazy. Get up and do something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do believe it's changing, but I think most of us can relate to something like that. It is softening, yeah but it's yeah. still. Yeah. So most of my work in one way or another is helping, is, is using my energetics to help people understand what's happening specifically for them. Um, the other thing that I find, and I just love how life does this, um, before I, I did this solely as my work, I was a, a corporate mediator so I was in, you know, dealing with groups of people um, in corporate all the time, helping people to understand what was going on in conflict. And I had to be really detached in order not to get involved in the conflict. Myself. And bring your agenda to it. Yeah, I had to let go of my own agenda. But what that taught me a lot was, because um, I got to watch the energy, not that I told anyone, that's what I was doing, of course, but I was watching all the energy of this. So Um, I've had years and years and years of practice at working out what is the need here? This is what's presenting. But whatever was presenting in any conflict was not what was really going on, Mm. which is exactly the same as I was saying, that last picture of the film, which is that diagnosis or something's not working here, it's not really what's going on. No, there's a root cause. Right? There's something underneath that. Mm. Yes. So what does that and how do we find our way back from that? So, you know, the, all those years of training and of experience of doing that is just 
so, so helpful for me to be able to help people to, and, and this leads into your second part, meet people where they're at because I think, and I have experienced this myself many a time, um, being, you know, in a rush to get rid of, uh, you know, whenever we try to get rid of something, we're actually drawing it closer to us, which I didn't understand at the time. Um, and so I want to use the, you know, the, the sledgehammer technique. I just want to get rid of it, whatever it is, get it out, get rid of it. I'm busy. I want to get on. You know? And yet what I see happen when we take that approach is that we, we can be successful for a time often when we do that. And, but energetically, what we do is we, we force our energy to expand beyond what our foundational energy quotient can handle so if you've ever had the experience of having a big high maybe you've done a weekend retreat or like for me i go for weeks <laughs> you know and you come out and you think i'm done it i'm brilliant i've got it all you know and then <laughs> yes because you, I, I did not have and we as you know if we've not built up that capacity to hold that space i often refer to it like energetic or vibrational muscles if that's not something that we are used to holding, there's only one way it can go. <laughs> and when yeah. it comes from there, it's re usually really uncomfortable in one form or another. And we probably I, feel like we failed. Like, you know, yes. we get disappointed. Like I've done all this work and I'm back to square one. And I think that is just, I mean, while I really understand why people do it, uh, because I've done it myself, I don't want to lead anyone there because I don't think now that I've had the experience through this that ultimately it's helpful. You get the high, that's wonderful, but I, it's too big a cost. Oh, and the fall I, is brutal. Yes, I agree, totally. And so part of what I'm doing is one of the things I look for is where the energetic structure is. Now, if I, I will only take someone tiny little bit out to, you know let them move a little enough for them to stretch a little but not to blow out where they can't come back in so in terms of how long does someone work with me it really depends where they are at when they arrive now for some people um, it, it will take us quite a while to gradually build up that that base so they can hold that and then we can do more work. Others arrive and they're, they're already there. They just need, you know, me to, to validate it, hold their hand a bit maybe, or to help them tweak something and they've got it and they're, and they're flowing and it's beautiful. So I think it really is an individual um, situation. So I've had people come for one session. I've also had people work with me for two or three years monthly. You know? wow. So I think it really depends and it depends on what they're dealing with. Um, mm -hmm. Some people are dealing with some really, I call it the PhD level of life. You know? <laughs> I like it, I like it. <laughs> Where, you life. know, the demands on them and what's going on in their life and the requirement for them to be able to hold their own alignment in it is really challenging. And, you know, that, that can be really helpful to have a monthly check-in over a long period when they're doing some tough stuff like that. So it really is unique and individual. Oh, and all of a sudden, then you have this beautiful glow on you. It's like a light the light on a Sunday. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> timing. You've timed that very well. <laughs> Perfect. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's just then move into your sessions and um because I know you have um uh a two-way process, which perhaps you maybe have already explained to us the energy matrix and a 24-hour tune in. Um, but what I found fascinating and what I hope you don't mind sharing with my listeners is how you arrived to this moment because it called it 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 needed an accident with a loved one for you to realize this superpower. Would you mind sharing oh, a little bit more? Yeah, look, and, and this just opens again a bigger a bigger conversation about uh what we think is going wrong in our lives often is going really really right and this was one of them but prior to that one some years prior I had a car accident that anybody would have thought was a really bad thing and yet it happened in the September of the year and at the, in the January I had written down not so much New Year's resolutions but just some things that I thought I'd really like to experiment with or to experience in that year and would you know that from the September to the December, every one of those came from the accident. <laughs> wow. And as the car hit and the airbag went off, I heard so clearly, this is the best thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> oh. And as it's hitting, I'm going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as and, a human we really don't ever do just crazy and so from that point on it was just amazing oh, how it all unfolded so and so again there's you know that was sort of a real wake-up call for me is you know don't judge the costume as you were talking about don't judge the costume that things show up in you know if we can if we can get because how often do we look back and think oh at the time I was devastated but it turned out to be the best thing ever and one of my own personal challenges is I'm going to better do that in the moment. Like I don't want to have to wait 10 years to look back. You know? <laughs> and, and the car accident really taught me. It was just amazing. And so this was another one. And I and I to say I didn't get it in the moment because oh, in the we moment really my, my relative was mm, we were coming out of a huge, massive, really big, heavy electric gate. And so I had pressed the on button to make it come out, come back so we could move through. And the dog, um, we didn't realise was out, started to race out onto, onto the footpath. And my relative um, lunged the dog and I thought that, at the same time, I was thinking, close the gate to stop the dog getting out. And, of course, what happened was that the relative got jammed um, between this massive gate and the iron fixture where the, where it locks into place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to say that, you know, <laughs> I was totally aligned and completely calm and... <laughs> But no, I wasn't. I screamed, I panicked, <laughs> I oh, cried. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, uh, and it took, it felt like forever, but it was probably seconds before I realised I got to get him. And then and it, the, the mechanism had jammed. And so, oh. oh, and he's all jammed right up in here and I'm trying to get it out. And then I'm scared that if I press the wrong way that he's going to get more crushed. More crushed into it. Oh, Lynn, what an experience. It was yucky. I wouldn't, again, not recommend this. Um, anyway, I got him out in the end, and no, actually, 
that's when things started. I didn't get him out. I could feel, I felt this enormous presence just move through me. Um, and then the, the gate opened. So, um, but I was still was a mess. Anyway, got, uh, we went in and got him to hospital as we're driving because he had these huge indentations in his skin. I mean, they were at least four or five millimetres, um, you know, where this, this thing had gone in, you know, and across his neck. And <gasps> I thought, you know, there's got to be broken bones here. And so I, I got into the car. Someone else was driving. He was laying down on the passenger and I was in the back. And... And this relative and I are super, super, super close energetically and vibrationally. We took me a while to work it out, but we'd been hanging out, you know, a, a good 10 years while he was still in spirit. And then he chose to take a body on. So, uh, and we've always been able to do this energy stuff together. And so he's lying there and, and, and I would just instinctively put my hands on him. And as I did that, suddenly... I saw his body as a loosely held matrix of particles, vibrating particles. So, wow. you know, we see the body as something that sort of feels Soft. really 3D and to a level it is. But if we can shift and look at it from a vibrational perspective, it's really loosely held. Um, all these particles are just, you know, vibrating and they are... Mm, mm. Oh, good word what can I find that they are mm, they have a tone in them they yeah. have a vibration in them that is matched to your magnificence and your inner brilliance and your blueprint okay so they again like the elasticity they have that entrainment capacity and desire to be in alignment that's their natural default state they'll always go there first rather than out we have to train them out which is what of course we've all been doing mm. unknowingly and so I saw this I just saw it so clearly and then as I was holding him I noticed and I think some of the reason this happened so instantaneously was one was there's complete trust between us there's absolutely no barrier in the way there and um I was in that super super hyper focused space because you know this one thing an emergency will do for you, you know. It's, just, it's incredible. You didn't panic. You were so. Well, I had panicked. I was out of the panic. But you were out of I the had panic. panic. I've got to admit, I had been panicking. Anyway, so I was right in there and hyper focused. And suddenly I, I recognized that what I was doing was heightening. I don't know how I was doing it. This was the thing at the time. Um, I was heightening all of the resonance to his uh, inner brilliance, to his default position in his cells and I could see them all shifting and changing and moving and uh, and at the time I had no I didn't know what was going on but I just thought this looks good I'll just keep doing it you know? <laughs> and so I did we got to the hospital and um you know they did x-rays no broken bones which was you know that's who knows if there would have been mind-blowing but there weren't any but they did say is going to be covered in bruising you're going to need to expect it for a couple of um weeks it'll you know this is going to be deep bruising it's going to come you know from the inside out it's going to you know, blah 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 don't panic about it you're just going to need to to go through it and we all went oh thank god sort of thing 
got him home and I'd say within probably three or four hours, he was moving everything fine. Didn't get one bruise. Wow. One bruise. Not a bruise. And I just, I I was dumbfounded. And it took me some months after that to even begin to put the pieces together and think. What happened? Yeah. And then why did that work so well and could I replicate it? Um, and that's what then took me down that, that ex- I did lots of experimenting, lots of, I had lots of lovely guinea pigs. <laughs> I was going to say just on your relative or other No, 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 I called to... out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we are running this experiment, please come. Um, most of my community is really um, used to, to... <laughs> because I, I spent a whole lifetime trying not to do this. And now that I've claimed it back, it's like, oh, can I do that? I don't know. Yeah, it's like this superman, like, what else can I do? It's like Spider-Man realizing yeah, it's you can like, can I swing? Can I fly? Can I shoot? What can I do? I love that. And so they put a call out, you know, and then people, they're just great. They say, yeah, I'll help. <laughs> Experiment with it. So it's, um, and the, the things that I noticed here, um, that's where a lot of the setting up of the, what I call a matrix, only because I don't know what else to call it, um, prior um, and doing, I do lots of work before I actually have a call with someone so that there's a lot of energy work done first. And, and that's what I found sort of mimicked this really deep trusting relationship I have with my relative and uh, and that, that safety feeling with him. But, of course, you can only go as far as the person is ready to go as well, as we talked about earlier Um even, even though this, I, I'm convinced, I have seen it happen, where we are, I can move um, the cells around. The thing is they need to be able to hold in that new space. And if you don't already, you know, some of the work is getting that foundation in place so that you can you can hold it. It's exactly, you, I'm sure we've all experienced having a session with someone, you come away, you're crystal clear, and then a week later it was like, huh? what was that Did yeah, I but I find and this is what I've learned from working with a shaman that he's he actually said to me you know I did a stuff with with spirits you know and the energetics of it but then you get homework you call it homework um the Akashic masters always say deepening practice that you do to integrate that energy to do it so there's things that we need to do and I remember he was giving me like you know, a whole sheet of exercises, things, practices that I had to do. And I know I have to do them in order to integrate the energy that he has worked on, poured in, you know, renewed. But I find that often um, that's the part we kind of neglect. We feel so great. We're like, yeah, but the work is done. Like, I don't need this. This is probably just an extra thing, you know, like the dentist sending you home with a sheet of how to look after this new tooth or whatever. But I feel like I cannot emphasize how important that actually is because that is also, I feel, spirit's way, um, you know, uh, of, of showing you that you are in charge a way of empowering you because I would never and I'm sure Lynn you're probably the same 
I would never want anyone to feel like they depend on me, they rely on me, whether it's mediumship, whether it's, you know, Akashic Records guidance, anything. Like, I don't ever want them to feel like if I need the answer, I have to go to Kasha. You know, I, I can't make a decision unless I go and check with her, right? So it's like even healing. You want to empower them. And I feel like this is um, their way of showing you how amazing you are and how powerful you are that Lynn has put this new energy into you but by doing a b and c you retain it and you are as you say then you are able to hold it would you mm -hmm. agree that there is that yes uh, the way that it looks to me vibrationally is that because we've been so taught out of our truth and our alignment to have another person who can see that alignment and align with your alignment can help you to identify it and remember it. And I think that's my primary role is that I can see it, I can connect to it easily, instantly these days. I can keep the, let's just talk sound for the sake of it, I can keep that tone going. So we can say that your particular inner brilliance has this particular time and I can um, amplify that for you mm. so that it is easier for you to remember. And that is what I'm always doing. I'm waiting for and helping and all my questions, how do I help this person remember that? How do I help their system to entrain to their inner brilliance it's not like I'm imposing anything because there's nothing to impose they're already that 100 units of vibrational they've just forgotten it understandably yeah. because we all get taught out of it the thing is that the the homework so to speak is is about continuing to remember it's you know it, it can be easier when someone is focused full on watching it, telling you about it, um, guiding you to remember it. But, and that's why you feel great afterwards because you're fully remembered and you've connected. Now, how do you stay connected without that other person shining the light on it is what I see as the homework. I think we all need from time to time to have someone else shine the light for us. <laughs> Particularly if the, the story we're holding on to um, has got lots and lots of safety stuff in it. Yeah. You, know, if it's a, yes. you know, and it's tricky for us to keep hold of the remembering of our enormity at the same time as working with letting go of that story. And we all have those to some degree or another. And to have another person who can hold that while you do that is, is a great gift and it's wonderful. But at the end of the day, the true work is to remember and then to keep remembering and keep remembering and keep remembering and wow. keep remembering. And even though I can see the energy and even though I know when I'm not lined up to my blueprint, I still can forget and go off and get a bit. I mean, I do it a lot less and I do it for a lot. Um, I don't go as far away anymore. Yes. Which is, you know, like it's. Oh, like, I love how you explain this. That's exactly how I say. Yes. Yeah. We, so, we know we know what will bring us back, right? Quickly. So we. Yes. we oh. And so a lot of, especially for people who it's a newish concept for a lot of the work really is about that. 
Mm. And I call it, I, I often work with touchstones. So when we're working energetically, I help people to connect their experience of alignment with something in their 3D world so that whenever they see it, smell it, taste it, touch it, there's that connection made again, connection made again, connection made again, because it's just the drip. The, I mean, that's how we've got out of this. Yeah, We had it, and then every day someone was showing us, telling us, role modelling that that wasn't right, and so... <laughs> Twisting that. that. But with the disclaimer and the understanding, it doesn't take it long. Yeah. I think that's what we need to... I think it's so important to know. It's not going to take the 30 years because we have that elasticity which is so important I love that I love the way you explain these things so um Lynn is there anything that you wished I asked that I haven't asked you Mm. anything well the thing that comes instantly to mind is not it's a a brief story to to illustrate this Mm. is that Uh, it's coming. It's all coming, dropping in. It's coming. Uh, yeah, no. I want, I, I really want to scream this from the rooftops. I want everyone to know this because it's such a delicious, delightful thing to know and to experience that that in our spending, now it could be time, money, energy, when we're aligned, when we're in our blueprint, when we're in that mode, we actually create more. For ourselves and everyone else whatever it is we're spending so because what's happening vibrationally when we're lined up when we're in our 100 percent of our vibration we are allowing universal energy which is in truth abundance of all kinds to move through us and we are mm, spreading it out into the universe not only does that create more for you as it flows through, it creates more for everybody else and it contributes to the expansion of the universe, which is, you know, like that is the biggest win, 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 win. I'll give you an example of when this when I really got this. I was in a shopping centre. I had got all my groceries and I was standing at the self-checkout and just suddenly the whole, which happens to me quite frequently, um, instead of it being the 3D supermarket, it just shifted into energy. So I was oh, suddenly wow. standing there in this. I just think it's hilarious that people knew, you know, I'm standing at this checker. Suddenly that's all gone now. And I'm just seeing the energy, energy of all the groceries, the energy of all the people, that all the chains of people to bring that one particular item to me for me to be able to choose it and have it going through the scanner at that time. The people who made the scanner, the, you know, like it just was massive. And I'm just overwhelmed in this moment of the abundance. I mean, it's not just the abundance of what I had in my trolley and the fact I had enough money to pay for it. It's all the other abundance, all the millions of people doing what they do to enable me to have this, not just one packet, but, you know, a whole trolley full. And so as I'm putting this through, I'm just loving and, and appreciating and feeling teary and you know, <laughs> putting this through, putting this through, putting this through. And then it came to me to pay me. And, and as I'm paying, it was just this whoosh of energy. And I, and I recognized I was paying with the spirit, with the energy of gratitude and love and appreciation and joy and delight and wonder. And then I recognized, oh my God, that's my inner brilliance. 
And even though I was paying with a card, I saw it was just pure energy moving through this. And then the whole supermarket just expanded vibrationally enormously. And then I kept seeing the expansion, the expansion, the expansion, the expansion. Then I heard the words, you know, when you spend money this way, you actually create more money for yourself and for everybody else. Now, this was a money thing at the time. I've now recognised it's everything. But particularly money because how often do we spend money in fear, you know, which does the reverse. But when you're doing it from this, so I just love this notion that when you spend money that way, you actually create more money. I mean, isn't that just the most delicious, yes. delightful, glorious yes. thing ever? <laughs> I mean, first of all, going shopping with you would be so much fun. <laughs> Second of all, yes, 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 yes. And and this is why uh, I've learned this from Mr. Ken Honda. I'm not sure if you heard, heard he wrote a book called Happy Money. So in Japanese culture, they believe that you either have in your wallet happy money or sad money. Oh. And often Tats Lotto's winners carry uh, that money is sad money, which is why they don't manage to hold on to it. Because so many people want it and so many people then get like, oh, I didn't win it. And oh, they get faster and that energy goes on to the winner's money. But also he goes, when you spend money, always uh, he always um, teaches to say arigato money out. And when money comes in, you say arigato money in. And ever since I read this book, like many years ago, every time when I find, whether it's five cents that I find, whether it's an amount of money that someone pays me, I always go arigato money in. And the same with bills. And the same with bills. And I, And it's just... I feel like in that moment as I'm handing over money to the barista who's making my coffee and I just say quietly, arigato money out, I feel like I'm sending him a little bit of love. Like I'm giving you this money, not because I'm like, oh, this is like my $5, but I'm giving you love, right? I'm giving you this money with love. And it's interesting because my husband, whenever we were paying bills or he was paying bills, because I live in Never Neverland, right? <laughs> but when he pays bills... That was a day where he was so grumpy and stuff because you really see like, oh, my God, we're spending so much money. And I shared with him this thing that came to me from being in the Akashic Records and I was doing uh, sessions with clients around money. So I challenged this for them. But I go like, you know what they told me about bills? Bills are like your monthly postcards that remind you of how abundant you are, how abundant we are, right? Like we're so abundant. We have water. We have hate. We have internet. So when you send money, it's like you say, thank you for this, right? Thank you. That changed him. And he doesn't get so grumpy anymore when he sends the money, right? So I just wanted, this is so brilliant. I love that because you explain how you see it in that super, and it's absolutely true, right? Like how the energy comes flowing out. Um, Lynn, before I know we, I have to let you go, although I wish we could like do another episode talking just about the energy of money <laughs> and, and your shopping experience. But um, I, I always like to ask my guests whether there is anything that they would like to share with my audience, um, a message, a tip, uh, something that is in the zone of genius. Is there anything that you would like to share with my audience? Uh, I, I really would like to put a spotlight on joy. Um, you know, I think we have been talked out of joy quite a bit. If you, oh, let's just put, I'll stop. 
let's just put the spotlight on really young children. If you look at really young children in play, they're in joy, they're in wonder, they're in delight, they're, they're in curiosity. They're, I have such a vivid memory of walking with um, my child down the street when they were probably two and a half and we were going to a play group and I was in the adult mindset of get to the play group on time and, and my child was absolutely fascinated with every gap in the pavement and every little flower along the way and little rocks and feeling the texture of things and I finally got it and I thought oh my goodness we're already there why am I taking this child to a playroom well, is to have those experiences you know yeah. in the moment they yeah. were doing it and we got there of course in the end but it was like what a lesson I think in our productive culture we everything has to we have to better show something at the end of the day tick off something or whatever we forget that it's not the getting it done, it's how have we done it. Oh, my goodness, yes. You know, and I read somewhere, and I think it was Abraham Hicks said, Esther Hicks, the channel for Abraham, said something once like, what if the true definition of success is not what you achieve, but how much joy you had in achieving it? And that really struck me because at the time, on paper, I was successful. But if I used that definition, I wasn't successful at all. And so I really, yeah, if we can ask that question, how can I be more joyful right now? How can I add joy to this? How can I add wonder to this? How can I be more curious in this moment? So that we, because the little children know how to be in their alignment and connect with their inner blueprint. They're designed, we are all designed for it. And this is the sort of thing they naturally, those states, they just bounce back into that. Even when they come out and they get upset, they go straight back into that set of vibrating spectrum, that wonder, joy, delight, love. And they do it naturally. We did it naturally. Now we might need to just keep asking ourselves about it to remind ourselves. Um, to get back to probably the most important thing any of us can do, I reckon, vibration. That um, is fantastic. What a time you remind that. And so much we can learn from these beautiful souls um, that are, are children, right, who are so connected, so here to remind us, like, of what we have forgotten, like we said, throughout uh, our lifetime. Lynn, where can my cl uh, my clients, <laughs> my audience find you? <laughs> my clients too. Anyone, <laughs> anyone listening that is interested in knowing more or having a session with you or a few mm -hmm. sessions, where can they find you? Well, there's lynnperdon.com, so that's really easy. Lynn is L-I-N-N, which tricks some people, Purdon, P-U-R-D-O-N. Uh, so that's really easy there. And I'm in, uh, in, am I in Facebook? At Facebook, I'm not quite sure. Probably in. In Facebook land? <laughs> Facebook land, yes. Um, um, my, there is a profile, Lynn Purden, but there is also Vibrational Living with Lynn Purden. So they can find me in Facebook land or um in website land either will work okay fantastic i will make sure to link it all up um below 
wherever you're listening or watching this, uh, you will find uh, um, all the details, all the links to Lynn. Thank you so much. And I could easily have kept going. And I feel like we need to do a second or a third episode, very laser focused on certain topics because, yeah. oh my gosh, I feel like I just want to pick your brains more and how you see the everyday topics in a vibrational way. But for tonight, for today, thank you so much, Nin, and thank you, everyone. And I will be in your ears next week. My pleasure.